Agenda setting conversations of the day. 81 billion rand, that is the projected budget deficit that National Treasury tells us uh, that we will be facing. We'll get a confirmation of that number, of course, during the uh, medium-term t- uh, medium budget policy statements later on this month. But Alex van Heerden believes that offloading uh, some of the state-owned enterprises would free up uh, some of the cash that we inject into it, very specifically uh, cutting down that budget deficit. Uh, But what does offloading state-owned enterprises mean? Either sell it, liquidate it, or privatize it. That's what it means. But is this the only way out of uh, the financial and fiscal conundrum that we're in? Alex van Heerden, who is a professor of social systems at the University of the Witwatersrand, joins me this morning. Uh, Alex, good morning. Appreciate it. Uh, let's start there. Is uh, offloading and privatizing state-owned enterprises the only way uh, to, to, to free up some cash? Uh, so the, the, essentially reorganizing the state-owned enterprises is not really a short-term matter. So it's got, not going to deal with the current deficit. But what's happened is that the state-owned enterprises have essentially become cash cows and they are protected in their inefficiency, which is, at, which is adding to the overall debt of government. So there's a kind of a hidden debt that's part of our accumulated debt, which is their balance sheet um, uh, uh, debts that they carry. And also their current deficits, which have to, in some cases, be subsidized by government from national, from, uh, national government. So the state-owned enterprises weigh down on the overall country and their performance has been abysmal. In other words, they've actually contributed to a declining economy rather than a growing economy. And as a consequence, they themselves, their performance has actually re- reduced uh, government revenue because with the collapse of Eskom, Transnet, Prasa, etc., uh, what they've done is that they've undermined the performance of the economy and we've li- lost a substantial portion of our GDP. And that revenue itself is contributing to the accumulation of uh, a structural deficit in South Africa and high unemployment. So this is, so there's, a need for a strategic review of what we're doing with these state-owned enterprises, and we can't hold on to them just because they are um, uh, they are imported ANC stakeholders who want them to carry on going because it suits them rather than the general public. Yeah, uh, there seems to be that uh, capacity is the issue. It's a necessary condition and a sufficient condition for state-owned enterprises to run well. If capacity is the problem you identify, why not make an argument for fixing capacity rather than offloading entirely? Well, some need to be. I mean, there is no reason why certain uh, state-owned enterprises uh, have to function as state companies. Uh, But in terms of restructuring, the problem that exists is that turkeys aren't going to vote for Christmas because if you wanted to look at improving their functionality, you have to change the corporate governance designs of these uh, state-owned enterprises so that they are completely separated from interference from the executive, which has often got a, um, a, a, a sort of a private motive operating through the executive. So you've got a single person who represents the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the shareholder, which is government. One person... That person controls the setting up of the board and who ends up being the chief executive officer. And that doesn't, that's not what a corporate governance design should allow. So what we actually have is, a, is an organization that is subject to manipulation yeah. by people acti- acting behind the scenes. So correcting what's wrong, in part, which is what we do require, is a corporate governance change. 
that will uh, mean that you do not have interference in people who end up running those organizations actually cleaning them up. But right now, anybody that gets appointed to run these organizations will not be permitted to clean them up. And this is the problem. And that's where I say turkeys don't vote for Christmas. And there's no incentive to actually fix these organizations because they are um, a substantial source of patronage. Yeah. And just finally, this relates very specifically to uh, the offloading of of, of some of these state-owned enterprises. You make the argument that some of them don't need to be state-owned. How do you draw a distinction between which state-owned enterprises are strategically best state-owned and which should never be state-owned? So first of all, there's no in-principle assumption that something should be state-owned or controlled. So even if it's uh, even if it's going to be a publicly controlled or, or public organisation, there must be a coherent public interest rationale for it to do so. So in the case of Eskom, for instance, clearly there are certain functions which are naturally those that in, that will be best performed by a public organisation that's established. But that public organisation, not necessarily a state-owned organisation, and that public organisation can fulfil the role that it should play, leaving other actors to play their role. And that means also the establishment of regulators where private organizations are responsible for providing certain critical functions to South African society. In the case of South African Airways and and the post office and organizations like that, there's no reason for the preservation of a state monopoly. Uh, Because many, many private actors can actually provide those functions and services, but it's for government to set up a regulatory framework to make sure that that there are no disadvantaged groups that don't access those functions. So that's the role. Government always must look at that. Regulators... uh, uh, automatic, Automatic assumption that government should run something. Alex, regulators have proved in the past to not be the uh, be-all and end-all that we think they are to be able to be prote- protecting vulnerable consumers, uh, given the limitation in how litigious every uh, regulatory decision has been made when we come to industry regulators. We are not guaranteed that regulators will always be able to protect consumers from private sector monopolies, price-gauging, collusive behavior. Uh, that, too, is a pervasive problem. Yes, you're absolutely correct. But look at how the corporate governance designs of our regulators. The question is, are the regulators themselves sufficiently independent of the executive? If they're not, then many of the decisions to pull back by many of our regulatory structures in South Africa are not because they are being beaten down by the private sector or by private interests, but because it's quite easy to uh, stifle a regulator by operating through the executive. So the problem is our regulators themselves do not have independent, are not structurally independent of the executive. And so this problem that is that impacts on ESCOM, that impacts on Transnet, also impacts on our key regulators. So there's a there's a hugely complex field in examining what you regulate and what you don't regulate. But if we've stifled the capabilities of our regulators, they can't make that distinction. So on the one hand, they regulate inefficiently, and on the other hand, they're interfered with by political interests um, and private actors operating through political interests. Our regulators are not independent. Yeah. Prof. Alex Fanieto, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it.